0: Hi, it's David Woodwell with the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. Thank you for listening to Pennsylvania's Legacies, our podcast series, talking with people working in the world of environment and conservation in Pennsylvania, uh, private sector, public sector, government, volunteer individuals as well. Uh, it's a series that we hope you enjoy as we bring some of these characters and individuals from across the Commonwealth to life for your consideration. Today we have, uh, say, one of the icons, one of the – who you are uh, – one of the leading lights of conservation in Pennsylvania, especially around watersheds for the last 20 years. John Dawes, uh, many know John as the executive director and really founder of what is now the Foundation for Pennsylvania Watersheds, that's done phenomenal work with funding projects around abandoned mine drainage, reclamation, riparian buffers, uh, has also done a lot of policy work in DC. And while we'll touch on that today, we also want to talk to him about some of the other parts of his life that some folks may not be as familiar with. So, John, thank you for coming in from the thank Center part for of the you for It's our thank pleasure. You. Uh, you have been doing this for a long time. That's right. Uh, it's Actually, it's been 22
1: years working for the Foundation, and it's, it's a privilege to, to do the work. Um, we as you mentioned, concentrate on abandoned mine lands and addressing uh, acid mine drainage, which is often a part of those sites. Um, My board and I prefer passive treatment rather than active treatment because of the obvious electricity costs and uh, chemicals that are involved in active treatment to
0: improve water quality. When you started mostly focused on Western Pennsylvania with, I'm even trying to remember the name of the organization at that well, point. At, at that was, <laughs> time, it
1: was a, a program area and a donor advised fund of the Heinz Endowment yeah. called the Western Pennsylvania Watershed Program. And gone through several names. I think. That's right. That's right. Since then. And when we went statewide, which was about, 1999, we became the foundation for Pennsylvania watersheds.
0: Right. How'd you get into this? Well, um,
1: I attended the Heinz Endowments visioning sessions for the environment program, ably led by Andrew McElwain and Frank Tugwell, then head of the endowments. And after a year of being paid for attending meetings from which I learned, it was just a great privilege to be hired to direct the foundation.
0: And where were you before that? How did you come to the whole conservation thing?
1: Well, um, I, I have a farm. My credibility pertains to land management. And I've owned this farm since I was 22 years old. I graduated from Penn State in June of 1970 with a master's and then bought the farm that June. Not, Literally, not the
0: figuratively. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Okay. exactly.
1: Yeah. And I bought it with a wonderful professor from Penn State, Herman Purdy, and my brother, Dr. Donald Dawes. And, and since then, I uh, have bought the others out, and my wife and I make uh, part time living there on weekends.
0: So what, tell me about the farm. What's okay. special?
1: Well, What's its name? What's going okay, on? Okay, it's called Huntington Farm in Huntington County. Um, and I have raised Angus cattle. I've been an owner and raiser of cattle since I was 18, and they're all registered. Um, the herd has some notoriety. Uh, for the reason that we've sold bulls, uh, from the, from the farm to New Zealand, Australia and Argentina. So why
0: do people want your bulls?
1: Well, <laughs> um, because of the breeding, because yeah. of the pedigree and like in the dairy business, uh, where you sell pounds of milk per day of age, uh, we're selling pounds of beef per day of age and the genetics that we've selected for are Fast gaining and marbling and mm-hmm. those offspring
0: of our cow herd do just that. Well, and having had that beef in our freezer, it is good stuff. I'll <laughs> i put in God. a plug, and including the heart yeah. at yeah. one point. That's right. Uh, but you, but you've gone beyond just sort of running the the typical cattle herd, right? Yeah. And with the, with what you've done at the farm, well, we have. I have tried to, you know, I don't
1: have a trust fund, and I've tried to tap into every. Uh, conservation practice that's offered there at the Farm Service Agency. And in fact, that was knowing those programs, um, is one of the reasons that I had something to offer to the original environment
0: program that was conceived by the Heinz Endowments. Well, and you're also getting recognized by the National Cattlemen's Association. Well, that, that's true. Uh, for,
1: they have an award for conservation and, uh, it's my understanding that we have won it uh, for the eastern region of the United States um, and it pertains to the implementation of a windmill, which we did yeah. through the state's energy harvest program, cutting down on carbon units and supplementing our electricity bill. Um, we have photovoltaic panels for well water extraction so that the cows can drink out of a trough rather than you know, degrading stream banks. Uh, at the office, which is used to be the farm office, now the foundation office, we have solar hot water heater. Uh, we have a have PV panels which run the heating and air conditioning unit, um, and we have. It's a concrete building with great insulation, and very little electricity is used for heating. And
0: cooling. That so you're you're really living that uh um, And you also literally I'm gonna use that term a couple of times today with you, wrote the book on rare herd uh, uh, rare no, herds, it's, it's, it's a reference book and a uh book on
1: breeds of cattle, which is okay. the title. And it was a matter of taking folios of, of Professor Purdy's from Penn State and describing the phenotype, the structure of those animals. The size, the breed history as it came to the United States. And then there's artwork, uh, which is old depicting that breed in history. And if you think about it, those breeds developed in an ecosystem. They developed in a uh, climate, a slope or not, um, a soil type and, and local forage. And that's why we have the, you know, the really wonderful breed histories that exist
0: now because you really in your work in your life you really roll it all together everything from being you know a farmer being on the ground literally working on that working with all these groups across the commonwealth doing stuff but also then hobnobbing in dc with <laughs> well hobnobbing may be maybe the wrong term but going down and working on these really critical and major policy issues around funding yeah. for a lot of these projects
1: and Well, I do, I I have to credit the Heinz Endowments in the sense that they put me on a path to go after more abandoned mine land funding. And historically, I went to DC not hobnobbing, but groveling, you know, for (laughs) Pennsylvania to get more resources for a multi billion dollar problem. When I started the work in the 90s, Pennsylvania was receiving through appropriations around 20, 21 million dollars. We would host with the Western Pennsylvania Conservancy uh, Congressional Breakfast. We always had 100% attendance at those. And maybe we would get 21,500,000 in these these um, incremental growths in what was appropriated. And I learned there that congressional appropriators like to appropriate. They like to hold on to it and then dole it out. But we had a tremendous win. In 2006, when I was tasked to head the Pennsylvania AML campaign, and we worked on reauthorization of this fund, which is collected from coal industry, the coal industry, um, and those companies at 32 cents a ton. And that, you know, will tell you how much mining goes on in this nation for the reason that there's now $2.7 billion in the fund at 32 cents a ton. So,
0: And and the story you probably won't tell about yourself is that at a time when most people thought that this reauthorization Mm -hmm. wasn't going to happen, you ended up going down with a couple of others right before Christmas and in the dead of night working with Senator Santorum, I think it was, to get a lot of money appropriated. Without you guys going down to do that, we wouldn't have gotten it. So thank you. Well, you're you're welcome. And it was just it was uh, 18 months
1: of work, seven days a week trying to get this reauthorization through Congress. But having a very good consultant there in Dunlap and Browder, uh, as we got close to the deadline for the Congress in 2006, uh, Congressman Peterson uh, from the, the 5th District and Senator Santorum were really the legislative heroes on it. We knew who was going to introduce. We knew that he would do so because he asked leadership for this as his going away president. He wasn't reelected at that time and still continued to work on it. We knew who who would vote for it. We had the vote count. And interestingly enough, I went to Governor Rendell's office, spoke with Katie McGinty, and um, they told them what we knew. And they um, handed my paperwork back to me and said, John, thank you very much, but we think it's going to happen next year. So when it passed at 3 o'clock in the morning on December 9th as part of the Tax Relief and Health Care Act of 2006, imagine that, something that had to pass. Um, they were greatly surprised, and I had all kinds of, you know, emails from uh, from
0: staff in Harrisburg. So was, it was great fun. It was phenomenal, and everybody owes you a great debt of gratitude for that one. So why do you, I mean, sort of finishing up, why do you do this, and what's the outcome you want to see from all of this work? Well, um, in
1: terms of my um, training and my love of agriculture, and I think any farmer would say this, the idea of 250,000 acres of dead toxic land is an offense. Uh, reclaiming land and reforestation is not rocket science. It it needs to be done in terms of uh, cooling streams, in terms of water quality, in terms of sediment loadings. If you need to put it in a larger context, Pennsylvania has signed uh, another Bay Agreement, which requires... Reforestation of 14,562 acres of abandoned mine land, putting it into forest. So, what are we going to do about that? We're going to do it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It it takes, you know, um, reconfiguring land uh, to its original contour. Uh, In many cases, it it calls for sweetening of the soil either through uh, lime or Um, other soil amendments, and then it's a matter of planting trees. And with the development of a resistant to blight chestnut tree, uh, we like to include those seedlings in our forest mix.
0: Excellent. So you've been doing this for a long time. What's next? Uh, Well, I I
1: would like to um, continue until we get the job done in terms of reforestation of those sites and then there is the whole issue of brownfields which pertains to another funding source federally and state uh statewide and uh
0: tackle some of those right. well john thank you so much for doing this with us today well it's uh, my privilege it's, it's always fun to talk with you and uh what's the for the foundation what's the how do people find out more what's the website uh, and all that fun stuff the the best site to look at is
1: fpwgrants.org And that has a history of all the grants that we've made, uh, resulting in $130 million in total project cost. And I can say confidently that most of those would not have happened were it not for our original
0: money in to leverage the agency dollars to make the project happen. Well, thank you. And John Daz, the Executive Director of the Foundation for Pennsylvania Watersheds, do check them out. Uh, Their work has been phenomenal, and we expect it will continue to be so with all the partners with whom they work. So, John, thank you. Thank you. Pennsylvania Legacies is a production of the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. The views expressed by guests and even by the host are not necessarily those of the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. Our thanks to Regan Curry, who produces this show for us, and also to Very Tight Recordings, and Matt, who provides us with the studio space in Sharpsburg, Pennsylvania. Check him out. It's a great facility if you need recording work. And look for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council at www.pecpa.org. Thanks for listening.